Accrediting Excellence, the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, proudly presents both sides of the coin. Do your clients need to identify and clear stuck emotions and limiting core beliefs? Today, we get some top tips on how they can do this by using words. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IAPC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named Both Sides of the Coin because we talk to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to explore both sides of the coaching mentoring intervention, what works and what doesn't. As the proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and an accredited master coach, and I've been coaching for 12 years, mainly in the area of career transition and life coaching. Joining me today are Amanda Peet and her client, Mandy Sims. Amanda is the founder of Mind Your Mind, a technique that provides the words you can say to yourself out loud to instruct the subconscious mind to release old emotions and outdated limiting beliefs. And she's been working with clients since 2009 to help them gain clarity and emotional resilience. Amanda is also a professional dowser, and for some clients, she may use this skill alongside the Mind Your Mind technique. Her client, Mandy Sims, has featured on the Channel 5 TV programme Hoarders Buried Alive, where she spoke about how her hoard has taken over her house. Amanda is helping Mandy release stuck emotions and limiting beliefs so that she can move forward with changing her house from a hoarded house to a happy home. Mandy is actively involved in raising awareness of the mental health aspect of hoarding behaviours or disorders, and as an ambassador, she openly talks about her experiences with an aim to supporting others. Welcome, both of you. I'm going to start with Amanda and then flip over the coin and speak to Mandy. Amanda, tell me about yourself. Yes, as you mentioned about Mind Your Mind, I developed Mind Your Mind. I sort of came to it through personal experience, and I think a lot of people come to these things through personal experience. I mean, going back to when I was 17, 18, 19, sort of really young, um, I would read self-help books and then I would get to the bit where it says, describe how you feel, write this down, explain. And I was like, oh, that'll go on the shelf now. So any time I got asked a question, I'd read all the information, think, yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. But as soon as I got to the part that was, right now write down and describe how you feel, it was like I couldn't do it. It was like I got stuck and I just couldn't explain. I couldn't put into words how I was feeling. And so over the years, I tried different things. I learned how to tap. I taught myself how to tap using um, EFT, emotional freedom techniques. And I used that to um, help myself with stopping smoking. And I used it with pain. I was helping my brother in France at the time, dropped a big iron radiator on my toe. And it was like, Here's a perfect opportunity to see if EFT works because I've got a big, painful, broken, splattered toe. Sorry, everybody, don't want the goriness. But... And so I tried EFT on that and I thought, oh, and it works. So I taught myself it and I was using it on myself and it was helping me with things that I'd been stuck with for a long, long time. And so I thought there must be something in this. So I got myself qualified as an EFT practitioner. Whilst I was using that as a technique, 
one of the techniques within EFT is around core beliefs. And so Mind Your Mind was developed alongside sort of EFT, some of the wording you might sort of recognize as EFT type wording. Um, but it was it just made perfect sense. And then I was I was sort of I was learning more about neuroscience. I was learning more about how, how our brains works. I was just reading. I was absorbing more and more information. Um, and it sort of developed. I didn't intend to develop Mind Your Mind. It just sort of happened by accident. It happened organically. But the and when I realized about the core beliefs and how um, how much power these little core beliefs um, hold, I'm just going to read a couple. I mean, most most of your um, people listening will know what a core belief is, um, but things like um, I can't be me, I am hopeless, I am useless. That's a very popular one. That's in the top 10, I am useless. That's of, of core beliefs that I clear for people. That's one um, that's in the top 10. Uh, my life is a struggle. My body is not my friend. Everything I do, I go, goes wrong. I can't change. So these small sentences, when I realized just how much power they hold um, and the technique I was using was quite, um, it was quite every time you did a core belief for a different person, you had to change the words. And it was quite a long process. And I thought, well, there must be a way to try and do this quickly. I was living in Scotland at the time and I was working with a lot of people with trauma and, and PTSD. And what I found was the EFT, the tapping, some people liked the tapping, they liked the rhythm and some people didn't. Um, and so I sort of combined it alongside with my dowsing. But actually just saying the words out loud was powerful enough. Just saying the words out loud so that your subconscious can hear it as an instruction was powerful. So can you take me through the coaching process? I'm a coach. I'm really interested in this, in spotting core beliefs and then helping clients release them. What steps would I have to take to build that into my practice? Well, a lot of the time when you're having a one-to-one -one with a client, you will pick up, I mean, core beliefs come out all the time. Um, you might pick them up just by verbal, just by language and things. Um the uh, the book that I wrote in the second half of my book, I've got lists and lists of core beliefs. It might be that you you select a selection of those, knowing knowing about your client, and just ask them to say them out loud. So the first step is that you either hear a, a core belief or you identify one with your clients and and sort of spend time. Right, let's identify core beliefs. And if the client is aware of what a core belief is, they might already have some that they know, and they can be inherited. They can be passed. You know, there can be things that the family have said. Money doesn't grow on trees is a great one because, uh, you know, lots of people say that as a limiting belief. Um, and money isn't easy to get. Um, life is hard. You know, lots of parents have told the children you have to work hard. Life is hard. And so, you know, you, you have it in your mind that life is hard. I can't enjoy life. So to unravel core beliefs, you can identify quite quickly and easily with a client what they are. Um, and then the next step would be to get the client to say it out loud. So you're not wanting to get involved in the in the core belief itself. You're not wanting. So as with your subconscious mind, your subconscious mind has all the information that you need and your conscious mind will recall it. But what you don't want you to do is get too involved in the story so that your subconscious mind starts storing too much information. So to start with, you ask your client to say the core belief out loud. Um, and then to feel whether it feels true, false or in between. And that's as involved as you want them to get. So it's it's just saying the core belief. So if you were to say a core belief, I am useless, 
you would ask the client to say it out loud, I am useless. Does that feel true, false, or somewhere in between? If it's true, they'll know straight away. And if it's false, if it doesn't feel authentic to them, it doesn't sit comfortably and it's like, no, that's definitely not one of mine, they'll know. And But the in-between is there because sometimes it's like, well, actually, I'm not quite sure. So um, we have an in-between bit. So then you would note down that that core belief is in-between. And then the next step is to say the words to release the core belief. And part of the words is acknowledging, even though I have this core belief, you say what the core belief is, you say the words out loud, and it's it's sending instruction to your subconscious mind to basically release that core belief. Um, and then there's a check back at the end. So then you'd get your client to check back um, and you would ask, are there any memories, flashbacks or other emotions? You don't need to know what the memories or the flashbacks are, just that they've had one. Um, if they want to tell you, that's fine. But more importantly is how that flashback makes them feel. Because it could just be a memory and go, oh, relief. Thank, um, Yeah, I know where that comes from. I've made that connection. Phew, that can go. Or it might be it might be one that brings up another emotion. So it might say they might say, "Yeah, I've had that, and it makes me feel really sad." So then you would deal with the sadness, um, which is another part of mind your mind emotions alongside the core beliefs. Um, if the core belief has gone and there are no flashbacks, you would get them just to say it out loud again: um, "I am useless." and see if it feels true, false, or in between. But it is so quick. Our conscious minds run at 2,000 bits per second, but our subconscious minds run at 400 billion bits per second, which is why in a session you can you can clear quite a lot of core beliefs and feel, feel it straight away. It will carry on processing and process all the way through your system at a cellular level, but you're in a, in a session within a few minutes you can clear you can clear a core belief um, and that client then starts to feel results and starts to feel better in that moment so it's like you start with a big snowball of core beliefs but when you get the big boys and you get the the, the ringleaders the rest of it sort of dissolves away um, so you, you could look at a list of core beliefs and think I've got all of those but actually once you get the ringleaders they're lots of the others disappear and you find that oh I've got rid of one but actually that's not there anymore that's not there anymore so it's quite it's quite satisfying I do enjoy that <laughs> uh, I'd like to bring Mandy into the conversation in just a minute because I'd like to know how she's found it but I've got one more question for you Amanda before I bring Mandy in is there any follow-up that needs to be done between coaching sessions does the core belief come back or when it's gone has it gone uh, within that session, once it's gone, it's gone. If you, if the client is um, has got it down to false, um, then that that core belief has gone. If then in six months' time that client has a life event where that core belief, the only way it could come back is if it's if a life event happens, um, and then that's that's brought brought back. But once you're aware of them and you th- and you know that they're gone, the more self-aware that you are about what's going on in your system. Um, you tend to go, actually, I think that's snuck back in. I know how to get rid of it. Thank you. Mandy, I'd like to bring you in and ask you, why did you want to work with Amanda to identify and clear some stuck emotions that you had and limiting core beliefs? I'm a person with hoarding disorder, so I have an overwhelming collection which has moved into an overwhelming hoard of clothes, shoes, books, bags, 
And this is probably after about 30, 35 years of collecting. So I um, have almost been using uh, hoarding as uh, the way of coping in life for me. So it could have been potentially um, alcohol, drink, you know, drink, drugs, but because I you because I loved vintage clothing, shoes, bags, pretty things. I think and the whole world that um, that gave the wonderful atmosphere. I continued to um, collect and collect and collect, and potentially in the last uh, through life events in the last ten to fifteen years or so, it has gradually got worse into the stage that. It's very overwhelming. Um, my mental health has been suffering uh, greatly. I initially had gone to my doctors to talk about anxiety and depression. And also um, it was I was finding it hard to focus and cope at work. And I'd never really ever admitted this. I said, and I've got an awful lot of stuff as well. And luckily my doctor was able to say, do you think you could have hoarding disorder, hoarding behaviour? To which I promptly, um, I think I can remember going, <laughs> no, I don't think so, scoffing a bit, but then going to a hoarding support group, which was organised by a local charity, Mary Frances Trust, and realising that for the next two years or so, I started to understand that I genuinely did have a problem uh, has it got any better? I still have an overwhelming um, collection in my home. How am I going to change this? So one, I think, was my road of recovery only started after my road of recognition. And, um, you know, I started to seek ways of helping myself to cope with life. And I've done traditional counselling. I had done uh, EFT. I had done batch flower remedies. I had done CBT. Um, you know, I was struggling. Basically, I was really, really struggling until a friend of mine suggested that um, I contacted Amanda, um, spoke to her about, you know, my struggle. I think it was very important to to start to discuss where I was, um, what I wanted to change, you know, how I could change it, what my core beliefs were. So working with Amanda was um, has been incredibly powerful for me because I feel, um, you know, from an early age, you know, between one and I think they say one to six or one to seven, we start to develop our um, core beliefs of which can continue, continue to control how we think in the rest of our lives. So to find the core beliefs and unravel them has been an absolutely amazing journey for me. Please, can you give me an example when you've worked with Amanda and a core belief with a, was identified and then you released it and what the result was for you? One of the core beliefs is not actually realising um, what I do have and all the very, very, you know, um, lovely things that I do have. So I guess clearing some of my core beliefs, those being one of them, has increased my own strength 
and to realize that my inner strength and resilient resilience emotionally um i'm far more capable of coping than i potentially gave myself credit for um and i think that is a very good core belief to acknowledge and celebrate that you're capable of a lot more than you sometimes believe that you are capable of doing and belief in yourself and that it won't be seen as as showing off if you're able to do this that and the other the people that are around you that surround you will celebrate your success and encourage you and i think that's important too my final question for you, Mandy, is the IAPCM, both sides of the coin, um, coaching podcast is so we as coaches can learn to improve our practice from clients such as yourself. From your coaching experience, what do you think that Amanda has done particularly well that other coaches could replicate to improve their own coaching practice? Uh, I think uh, ensuring that you can both work well together. I think is really important. I think to speak authentically from the heart. Um, I believe that not every coach will be the right coach for a person. I feel it has to work both ways. Um, I feel that working with Amanda, we also have a certain friendship as well as a, um, a professional working relationship too. Um, I think to get the best out of working with a coach that you really do have to get on with them. And I think I've mentioned many times to Amanda because of another core belief that I have is trust. So I really needed to trust Amanda to guide me through and help and support me. So because of some of the core beliefs of not being able to trust people, and you know almost sabotaging because oh well there you go that's what's just happened again it was really important that um amanda and i you know i've always been very honest with amanda um and amanda's been very honest with me um and i think you need to just click with a coach and they get you um another thing is you know i've always thought it doesn't matter how much you pay to a coach because they come recommended that coach may not be right for you you always have to find the right coach and it works both ways you know i, I don't believe a coach can coach someone if they fundamentally don't really get on or like the ethics of the person or the discussion is starting to move in a, a way that doesn't work for both of you I think it has to be really mutual and then that's when the coach and also the person that's being coached will get the most benefit out of the uh, coaching relationship of which, you know, I love working with Amanda. Thank you. Thank you so much. And my final question for you, Amanda, is the IAPCM believes in the importance of coaching accreditation. What are your thoughts on this? You wouldn't let somebody come into your home if they weren't Corgi registered or they weren't approved to to do that, what you were doing. And with the coaching, you're letting somebody into your mind and you want to make sure that that person is accredited. So like um, a tradesman or a mechanic or somebody that's dealing with a, a piece of machinery or, or apparatus, you, you want to make sure that they know exactly what they're doing. Um, and I think with the accreditation, that, that's a way of, of making sure that you are getting somebody that knows um, ethically how to behave, but also 
that they're doing the right thing during the sessions. Very, yeah, super important. What a great discussion. Thank you so much, Amanda and Mandy. And if you'd like more information, then you can go to Amanda Pete's website. That's amandapeet.org.uk. Her books are called Mind Your Mind, Using the Power of Words. And she's also written Where Does Time Go? And these are available from most online bookstores, including Waterstones and Amazon. We're confident that anybody who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be amongst the very best that the profession has to offer. So if you're somebody who's interested in having some coaching or mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor or training provider, or if you're a professional who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website, coach-accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of Both Sides of the Coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, jenny.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now. 